one two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High On Film! Tonight, we've got Rob Scattergood and American Psycho. Duct tape? I need it for, uh, taping something on this week's Yuppie episode. Well, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film, sobering talk about movies. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Welcome to episode 230 fucking five. Oh, shit. I know, man. It's It's been a long, strange trip, and here we are. We choose guests, they choose movies, and today is no exception. Uh, we are watching American Psycho from the year 2000. Year directed. 2000. <laughs> Directed by Mary Heron, written by Mary Heron and Guinevere, Guinevere Turner, uh, off the novel by Brett Easton Ellis. I uh, read somewhere that it was a a uh, book written by a misogynist and a film directed by a feminist. And I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, and the robot agrees. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what we'll be talking about, so please, if you haven't seen the movie, do yourself a favor. Go, watch it, because uh, we will be stepping foot into the soils of spoiler country at some point during the show and uh yeah this is a movie with a little bit of an ambiguous ending that i'm sure we will have to discuss mm -hmm. in full <laughs> but before we get any further on american psycho we must introduce the man who's right to my left he is the co-host from the couch the walking kevin bacon game one of earth's mightiest heroes and the brad davis that god gave us my co-host and friend mr brad davis why, hello, sir. Hey, Brad. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? Doing well. American Psycho. The one and only. You know, I saw this movie when it came out. I was working at my the favorite job I've ever had in my life, working as a video store clerk at Video Times in, in a small town, Pennsylvania. Ah. And this came out, and uh, I was like, what on earth is this? And I watched it, and of course, the chainsaw scene is like bonkers, and uh, it's a movie that sticks with you. Definitely the chainsaw scene. I remembered. I, mean, I watched it in college, and that's the scene that I always remember from this movie. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, much tamer this time around. I haven't revisited this movie since 2000. Yeah, it's not as fucked up as I remember it, but I think that's because we've seen so many other fucked up things that we've become a little desensitized. You think yeah. so? I think so. It's like pre-Eli Roth and that kind of like ultra gore, kind of that... That's true. In like mid two thousands, I think that started coming up. That's a very good point. This is pre-hostile, pre-human centipede, right? Yeah. Pre-Trump. <laughs> We've seen terrible, gruesome things in our lives now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very good, good, uh, astute observation, gentlemen. Yeah, I like that. Uh, well, let's get to the man who chose this movie for us to watch today, uh, out of a sheer love of this film. It's true. He has been on once before watching Friday the Thirteenth. And here he is with a movie, uh, not quite as gory, but certainly doesn't shy away from it. Actor Rob Scattergood returns to the show, everybody. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you, nice to see you, nice to see you. Kissing babies, waving like the queen. Huh? Yeah, all the babies in the room. Yep. Shaking hands. Queen waving. <laughs> yeah, yep. Queen waving. You gotta wave to the queen. Oh, you gotta wave you to the queen. You can't ignore her. Yeah. Rob, thank you so much for coming back on the show, man. My pleasure, dude. My pleasure. It was so much fun last time, you know, and the cocktails are great. There you go. <laughs> nice blood red cocktails for uh, American Psycho. I thought it was oh, appropriate. appropriate. Yeah, 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 it is. I, I like the themes that we sometimes occur uh, here. Sometimes food, sometimes drink. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even have to think about them. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. He's just, just appeared. The, yeah, I was looking at the cabinet at the liquor case there, and it was just, I'm like, I love Negronis, and turns out, you know, blood red, American Psycho... Uh, I love horror, obviously. There you go. But yeah. this isn't quite a horror film. Uh, while yeah. there are horror elements, I, I see it's more of a satire, really. Sure, yeah. Um, what drew you to it? Was it the horror genre? Was it just the sheer, I mean, like, craziness of this film that uh, originally... Yeah, like, ultimately, uh, like, a combination of, 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 of different things. Um, uh, the, the gruesome uh, killing, the... Uh, you know, the, um, the mind of a serial killer, it's always fascinated me. Um, and uh, just the music as well in the 80s. Yeah. And I was born in 81, and I first saw the movie in uh, 2000 when it came out. And I was in film school at the time in, in Vancouver. And uh, for a young, what was I, 20, I guess, you know, film student living in the city and just, you know, actually thinking that this music that my dad used to listen to is actually kind of cool and, and was cool at the time. And, 
uh, it was it was life changing for me to be honest. Like I I started listening to Phil Collins, New Order, Depeche oh, yeah. Mode. Uh, the first uh, karaoke uh, karaoke song I, I, I sang was uh, Sue Studio. Oh, <laughs> lovely! Yeah. Great song. <laughs> Nobody's cooler than Phil Collins, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was it was a combination of those things, and then I just thought that this was just the greatest uh, movie ever made at the time. You know, when I was twenty, I absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, Christian Bale becomes a superstar because of this movie. Mm -hmm. Worked all his life, yeah, uh, but really t steps into the leading roles here. Like as a kid, it, what was he like? Empire of the Sun. Yeah, the Spielberg, uh, big New Spielberg miss. Newsies. <laughs> Newsies, yeah, Newsies, he's in. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was, I think, the first time for me, anyways, where I actually was all like, "This guy is amazing." Oh, he is awesome in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, this is the first time I noticed him. Also, uh, one of the only uh, roles that Jared Leto has played that I've really enjoyed Jared Leto in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Not a big Absolutely. fan, but uh, I'll tell you, this, he's great. Fight Club, very good. Yeah. 30 uh, Seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine in 30 Seconds to Mars, although I don't think I can name a song. <laughs> he, he he is absolutely great, and just you just... You do not feel bad when, uh, spoiler alert, obviously, when, you know, he gets the axe in the face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is something, like, he, it's bad that you enjoy that so much as a viewer. Right, yeah. right. Well, uh, well, we can get to that. Yeah, but yeah. The, the sheer joy that Bale has, Ugh. or Patrick Bateman has in, right. in that is, uh, makes it even more delightful. And it's the Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. How... How can you not smile with Hip to be Square Plan? Oh my God! Yeah. Do, you, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? I mean, <laughs> there's so many lines in that movie. It's... Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to yeah, that. Okay, Let's yeah, not get yeah, ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah. We have something to uh, that we like to start off the podcast with a little movie barometer, if you will, called okay. Trash Star Destroy. Three movies of a similar ilk. Uh, we ask that you trash one, which means that it's eliminated from existence. You get the star in one, whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And then the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Bad Boys 2 fame. <laughs> so, uh, let's do uh, Christian Bale's America, all right? This movie's called American Psycho. It comments on America in the 80s and, well, still prescient today, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do American Psycho. We will do um, American Hustle. David O. Russell's American Hustle. And uh, Terrence Malick's The New World, where Christian Bale and Colin Farrell discover America. Oh, yeah. The tale of Pocahontas and John Smith, mm. as told by one of America's great filmmakers. In maybe one of his last great films. New World and then uh, Tree of Life and then... Is it right before Tree of Life? I think it's right before okay. Tree of Life. Right before being like eight years before. Well, yeah, like I mean, that. his yeah. movie before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh... Well, hmm. I've never seen New World. I fucking hate American Hustle. Really, Brad? <laughs> I don't know if I've been vocal about that on this show before. I feel like I probably have. It's an oldie but a goodie. We yeah. haven't trotted out for a while. Our hate for American Hustle. Yeah, it, I really fucking hated that movie. The only good thing about it was actually Bale and Amy Adams. Um, Those dresses that she was wearing, too, they weren't half bad. Sure, well, sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. Um... I, so I guess I would star in American Psycho, and I would take, hmm, I mean, Bale's so damn good in that role, but that role's so much fun, like, you kind of have to take it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm taking the Patrick Bateman role, just because I, yeah, you can't take another role, it's too much fun to not take that role. Yeah. But we can choose another role. It doesn't have to be his. It doesn't have to be oh, his. Yeah, yeah, oh, you, you can take choose whatever, you'd like, whatever yeah. role in the okay. movie. Because um, I even thought, like, yeah, Willem Dafoe, maybe. But, eh, in the end, Bateman. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess I'll trash... I'm going to trash New World. Okay. And I'm very interested to see what American Hustle turns into with Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. I <laughs> might like it more. Yeah. I seriously might. Yeah. That's that's a good point, actually. I, I might be with you on that. Um... I could easily step into the role of Justin Thoreau or uh, oh, yeah. uh, Josh Lucas in right. American Psycho as well. Sorry, bro. Steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to do. Yeah. You get to hang out and be like that like douchey, yuppie 80s guy. Mm -hmm. um, and I continually 
continually forget Willem Dafoe is in this movie. Yeah. I, uh, you said it, and I was like, oh yeah, right, Willem Dafoe's in this. He I mean, is only in a couple scenes, really. Yeah, but it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Oscar-nominated supporting actor Willem Dafoe. That, that is, after watching it last night, too, he kind of just, it doesn't, there's no closure for his character. He just, you know... He just kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Out. Well, we'll get so, to that. Yeah, something yeah. I was actually planning on discussing yeah. at some yeah. point. Yeah. Because I that's interesting. But so. yeah, I mean, as tempting as Michael Bay's uh, Pocahontas story would be, I think Michael Bay's American Hustle would be uh, pretty interesting. Yes. Especially with that cast of Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper and De Niro and... Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Louis C.K., is he in that movie? Or is that, uh... I don't recall. Oh, no, he definitely is. Okay. That's Slimeball. Slimeball Louie. Slimeball Louie. Rob, yeah. what are you doing with these three movies? Oh, man. Uh, all right, obviously, I'm not trashing uh, American Psycho. Sure. Um, I would, uh... I, would, I mean, God, I would also... I would also have to star in American Psycho. It, it just... That's one of the reasons why I like the movie so much, is it is just so much fun. Uh, one thing I... I the Patrick Bateman character is a little scary for me to play. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's something like when I saw it and you're in film school and you're looking for monologues to work on and stuff and and that the la the last one at the end, you know, where I fucking killed a lot of people. <laughs> uh, that is like, oh my God, he's all over the place with it and just, it's so impressive and scary. So, um, not that I'm not uh, afraid of a challenge, but I think I'm, I would lean more towards like you, Chris, like one of the supporting castmates. Even even um, oh god, I forget the actor's name. Uh, he plays. Uh, he's the the gay, the homosexual. Oh movie, yeah, yeah. Um, Lucas or something like that. I think I so. Lewis. 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 Not Lewis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just because he's like he's he's there. Yeah. Like he does what these other guys do, but the other guys don't really. Don't like him, yeah. you know what I mean? But he's still there and in, in, in at the table and this kind of thing. And I think that's just a, it would be an interesting dynamic to to play with. And yeah, and you get a great scene, which I do mean to talk about again later, uh, when he shows up with his new business card. Oh, yeah. And it's you know immaculate. I mean? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody's just stunned. Yeah, and Bale yeah. has a breakdown. Like, oh, but yeah, we'll I, get to that. Yeah, I'd love to play all the characters, but just to, for, gotta pick one, I was like, yeah, oh, I give that a shot because that would be really interesting I think we got a nice American Psycho remake there going we on go. here yeah. guys yeah. reboot yeah. um, alright and then uh, what's the next option I have to tr uh, trash one and one. Michael Bay gets the other um, you know what uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Michael Bay New World uh, just cause you know I, I, want, I want explosions and like really hot Indian women and, mm -hmm, you know sure. hardly wearing anything and the rock playing like the chief or something yeah. you know uh, <laughs> he's Pocahontas' father yeah just <laughs> make this thing just crazy Megan Fox is Pocahontas yeah, of course yeah, of course yeah, yeah. I mean, who else would you know, Mark Wahlberg is John Smith. Yeah, you know. Actually, I mean, that's yeah. Maybe that's you start breaking exactly it down what it like would that. be. It's like yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Also, hey guys, I, mean, I think I found America. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I was really. Are you Pocahontas? Yeah. <laughs> My name's John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, I, I was so excited for American Hustle to come out. I was like, this is gonna be my favorite movie of all time. I can just tell it. And then it came out, and I, I was just—I was disappointed. Yeah, I yeah. really was. Um, I, I was disappointed too, and I'm not even like a big fan of David O. Russell. And even I was like, "Geez, I don't know what the fuck was going on in that movie." I like a few of his movies, but boy, oh boy, There's, am I a am I a David O. Russell hater? Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, like I do not like him. Even though I will, I will admit, man, I I really dig Three Kings. Yeah, uh, I liked I Heart Huckabee's a whole hell of a lot. I thought The Fighter is his masterpiece. I love The Fighter. I love three right. quarters of Silver Lang's playbook. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I almost maybe not trash it, but like, redo it. Okay. You know what I mean? Because the cast is fantastic. I love the idea. I love, I love the clothes. I love the, you know, the, the, the cars. Production value is good. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I ultimately I came away from it. It was just it was like, meh. So. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. You know? That's that's the American Psycho way. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, guys, let's do one more category. This, of course, uh, Patrick Bateman and his cohorts work on Wall Street. So mm -hmm. let's do three movies where people work on Wall Street. Okay. We'll do uh, Oliver Stone's classic, Wall Street. Yep. We'll do uh, the uh, 
Neo Scorsese film, The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. And uh, we'll get um, The Rock's um, frenemy in here with Vin Diesel's Boiler Room. I was, like, I was <laughs> saying The Rock. I was like, where, where is he going with this? But yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, trying to link it all together. Of course. Yeah. I guess I have to probably star in Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, to work with Scorsese... Is yeah. hard to pass up. I actually just rewatched that movie recently, and it's definitely too long. All eight hours of it. <laughs> it's way too fucking long, but man, it's damn good. And yeah. DiCaprio is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. Pro- I can't remember who he lost to for the Oscar that year, but he should have probably uh, won. Was that 13? 12? 13, I is think. Is it Day Lewis for Lincoln? I was gonna say, is it Day Lewis? Oh, maybe. If it is, then I mean, geez. What are you gonna it's do? Like, you're up against it's David versus Goliath, right? Except um, this year, anyway, where Daniel Day Lewis is nominated, he's not going to win. He's no, not. He's winning. not. Yeah, yeah. Right. No. Okay. Good. No way. No way. No. It's it's a lock for Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. He was great. He was great. But it's come on. You yeah. Get, it's Gary Oldman. Gary is time. Winston Churchill. Yeah. yeah. And is now. Time. Yeah. Forever. Now um, and forever. He yeah. just stayed in the role. Yeah. Um. So that means yeah. I'm in Wolf of Wall Street. I guess I'll take the Jonah Hill role. I was of a similar mind. There. Yeah, I mean, I would. I want to work with DiCaprio, especially him and like playing those stakes yeah. where he's just constantly like going fucking nuts throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hill got an Oscar nomination for that movie, which I still don't really fully understand, but I'll take that. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was great. Good. It's a prestige level. I guess so. Once you once you hit it, you just get like David O. Russell's American Hustle. Yeah. Once you hit that prestige level, you just get nominated for whatever you do. Yeah. yeah. So Jonah Hill gets it for Moneyball, and then of course he gets it for Wolf of Wall Street. And right. Um, either or, way, the, so the babysitter and <laughs> working with Margot Robbie wouldn't be so bad either. No, I don't. I, yeah. I hear she's lovely. If that with that particular she, movie too, <laughs> she gave one of the best performances of the year this year. Um, I Tanya. No, oh, she's so fucking good in that. I movie. gotta see it. Number oh, four on terrific. my top ten of the year. I okay. loved it. Out soon. Um, so then that means I have Wall Street and Boiler Room left. I guess I'll trash Boiler Room and give Wall Street to Bay because I feel like. Mm. Wall Street won't be as good made by Bay, but you still get Michael Douglas's what Oscar-winning performance, mm-hmm. and Charlie Sheen doing a movie with Michael Bay makes it. Uh, there it sense. is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. makes the most sense out of anything. Charlie ever. Sheen in his prime with Michael Bay sounds like a match made in heaven to me. I feel like if Michael Bay would have existed in the '80s, then Charlie Sheen would have been Michael Bay's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, until they both died of cocaine overdose. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Um, yeah. Rob. Uh, all right. I would... All right. I'm going to go... I would star in uh, Wall Street. Okay. Um, uh, for one, one reason, really, is uh, uh, my mentor, and the reason why I became an actor, uh, something of an uncle to me, Richard Dysart, has a small role in that movie. Oh, uh, cool. So he, um, he is the guy chastising uh, uh, Gecko in, in court. Which spurns Gecko's famous um, "Greed is good" speech. Uh, it's it's a smaller part that he has, but it's it's a huge part because everybody remembers that monologue or whatnot. Absolutely, he's, he's just going at Michael Douglas and this kind of thing. And um, so I would obviously I would just love to work with work with him. He's 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 passed on now, so okay. unfortunately that won't be possible. But uh, great man, great actor. Um, so that's that would be my choice to star in. Um, I would have uh, Michael Bay do uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Just because, well, carte yeah. launch to just take it even so much crazier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that movie does play right into his hands. You know? A bunch of fucking rich assholes. Right. Treating everybody like shit. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds Women right. all around. Yeah. Like, not that Scorsese didn't, didn't play that up as well and do a fantastic job of it, but I just think that would be wheelhouse for Bay as well oh. and just uh, you know and not that I don't like Boiler Room as well but I Boiler just, it, pretty just good. it is a good movie I don't know if it, I haven't seen it in a long time I'm not sure if it holds up but yeah. I remember yeah. liking it I did st- I'm due for a rewatch <laughs> you know but maybe maybe just because I hadn't seen it in so long too it, it's not taking the part of the other two uh, that I chose but uh, but yeah so I would uh, I guess I'd trash Boiler Room sorry Vin uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll get over it and, yeah. uh, and he accepts your part and Giovanni Ribisi yeah and he's damn good in that work. movie. 
Yeah, he has like one seat. He pulls like the yeah. Alec Baldwin. I was gonna say, like Gary Glenn Ross. You like this watch, or you see this watch? Yeah, that kind it's, of thing. I almost yeah. feel like they might have stolen that literally from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Like, have this. It feels like it, it. does. Yeah. It's almost an ex- a replica scene. Yeah. Now that I'm a bit older too, and just yeah, yeah, it's a straight. It seems like a ripoff. Yeah. 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 Speaking of, uh, I will say I watched part of a uh, Boss Baby, Oscar-nominated Boss Baby, and Alec Baldwin's character definitely says cookies are for closers. Uh, yes, he uh, takes does. like cookies away from, and I was like, "You sons of bitches!" I, I haven't seen it, but that is I saw yeah. it in the preview. Is nothing sacred? No, no, we knew that a long time ago. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I was just like, Ugh, "Got a hard eye roll from me when oh. that happened." Yeah. Um, God, I. Uh, it really is tough to decide whether I want to star in Wolf of Wall Street and work with Scorsese or star in Wall Street and work with Oliver Stone. And I think it comes down with working with Scorsese over Stone. I mean, I'm going to... Being Wolf of Wall Street, I think I'm going to take DiCaprio's role. Wow, you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'll slick my hair back and put on a suit. I can do this. Okay. Yeah. I can do this. And then I get to do the really fun scene about... Um, when he's all hopped up on uh, on Quaaludes. Oh, yeah, the yeah. crawl to the car. The crawl to the car, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is easily my favorite scene in that film. It's yeah. terrific. And then you get that long scene with Matthew McConaughey, too. Yes. Well, that was the other role <laughs> I thought about <laughs> maybe taking, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. You just get to sit across from that. Yeah, and try to hold my shit together. Because yeah. it's a long fucking scene. Yeah. It's like a five-minute scene, just the two of them sitting at a table. Absolutely. It's great. It's going to be awesome. Imagine if that was made in the 80s, when just cocaine was just everywhere on the set. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not... He lost to Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Oh. Because Dallas Buyers Club and Wolf of Wall Street yes. are the same year. Yeah, because he was so skinny. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That's Boy, who I, DiCaprio lost. I can make a very good argument that DiCaprio deserves it more than McConaughey. And McConaughey's <laughs> damn good in that movie. Yeah, I I remember being blown away by both Leto and uh, McConaughey. More, and Boy, yes, or, but Boyer's Club. I was pretty blown away by DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street as well. Okay, well. Yeah. Especially on the rewatching, man. He, he gives... A for effort. He is 100% into that fucking role. Well, we can't change it now, Brad. No. I'll call the account. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess... And then I think it just falls into place from here. I think Boiler Room might be a little too uh, talky for Michael Bay. And True. Uh, the Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, Michael Bay team-up is, I think, just something that the world needs. Yeah. Um, they were asking. I'll watch Michael Bay and Charlie Sheen now, let alone then. Yeah, so, yeah. Make make a movie. Bring it on. That I'd be more likely to line up for a Charlie Sheen Michael Bay movie more than a Michael Bay and most other actors movie. Okay. Yeah. Just because, boy, this is gonna be a fucking mess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, Charlie Sheen had a huge comeback with that 9/11 movie. All oh, right. With him and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg's in that movie. I think so. Yeah. Wait. What? It's this incredibly underproduced 9-11 movie, and Charlie Sheen is like stuck in an elevator in the two towers, and it's like the quality of film is very underproduced. Like when it's all like shitty. Out? Oh, last year. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> and it's like more wow. I ten no like D-list actors, but like Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg are like the two stars, I guess, if you want to call it. Huh. And it just got panned, and yeah, I never saw it myself, but man, oh man, yeah, looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with not only the name of that movie, which I'm going to Google, uh, yeah. but more American Psycho, more Rob Scattergood, and more High On Film right after, mm, well, this. And we're back! High On Film, talking about American Psycho and... The name of the movie was 9/11. 9/11 movie that ha- that came out last year with Charlie Sheen, Whoopi Goldberg, and uh, Gina, Gina Gershon. Yeah, yeah, Luis Guzman and Luis Guzman. Yes. I guess they were going for the definitive account of what actually happened that day by titling it 9/11. <laughs> I think so. Yes, much more realistic than World Trade Center or United 93. I guess so. Yeah. Um, actually, United 93, incredibly, incredibly realistic, uh, shakingly so. Mm. Uh, I do recommend it if you're ready to revisit the tragedy of 9-11. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're here to talk about something that happened one year earlier. Uh, Patrick Bateman losing his mind yes. in a corporate 80s America. Of course, 
this podcast has games that are actually scored with points by our peers, uh, as, you know, friends love to do. Judge each other. Judge each other. Judge each other. Numerically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, judge each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, as we enter... The Summary Game, the first official game of the podcast, where we'll each take a turn at summarizing American Psycho in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view, uh, will be for a total of zero, minimum zero, maximum two points from each one of us. Uh, Of course, American Psycho, tight little movie, 102 minutes. Mwah. (laughs) Mwah, exactly. The Italian uh, bellissima. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh... 102 minutes gives us each 10.2 seconds to get out the most complete, uh, under, what's, uh, co- coherent, succinct. there it is, succinct summary of American Psycho, the uh, Christian Bale breakout film that we can. Of course, during our break, uh, not only did we discover it was called 9-11, but uh, we had our patented coin toss, coin toss. We tossed a three-sided coin into the air. Uh, Brad, since you won last week, you got the privilege of calling it in the air. You did. It came up exactly what you said, whatever it was. That was great. So it's now your prerogative to go first, second, or third. I'll go first. Going first. Doing it. Wow, Brad. Doing it. Chivalry. Uh, not dead. Thank God. That's, yeah. what, that's <laughs> what this is. Sitting over here terrified. I'm chivalrous. <laughs> 10.2 seconds to summarize American Psycho. Okay. And we're deep into spoiler country here now, folks. Dear listeners, so... Get on it. All right. Three, two, one. In the late 80s, Patrick Bateman works on Wall Street, but he, uh, at night he also goes around killing people because his lust for blood is so great. Uh, he's barely a human being, but in the end, we're not even sure if he actually did it or not. And Time. That's it. And that's it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, not bad. Not bad, actually. I actually got that and, and I was like, I don't know if I have anything else left to say. Yeah. I, I was impressed that you even threw in late 80s. Yeah. Like, yeah, you didn't need to say that. No. But you did. Yeah. Well, I feel like that gives a better mm. definition of what Wall Street is like, or like the culture. Yeah, the culture of Wall Street during that time. Yeah. If you think Wall Street in the '80s, it's like, oh, everyone doing cocaine all the time. They right. might still be doing that. There's today. almost been a whole decade of excess leading up to this. Right. Yeah. 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 Christopher. Brad. Bradley. Uh, ten. Your full name. Bradley. Yeah. Brad. Thank uh, you. For Bradford. Bird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Either way. Bradshaw. Uh, all three. That's, yep. Those are all my real names. Um, ten point two. What'd you say? I said going third now is like is tough because after you know I don't want to go first and you did a great job and now I have all these ideas but now if Chris takes these ideas that just came up I'm totally screwed. Don't worry, there'll, there'll be other opportunities to go first, second, and third. Okay. Game. Yes. Um, ten point two. In three, two, one. Good luck. Patrick Bateman lives a uh, a '80s lifestyle of excess and uh, he loses himself so much that he finds himself daydreaming about killing people and bloodlust and killing a lot of people and then he snaps. I guess. Time. No, I'm pretty sure he snaps one way or the other. (laughs) Well, even at the end? I mean... He's snapping in one form or another. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. (laughs) We'll get to it. Because he... I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe, but he hasn't actually done anything. But still, that doesn't mean you haven't mentally snapped. Yeah, that's true. But at the end, like, he seems a little more calm about everything than he did. Okay. Seem, okay. okay. Rob, at the end, he right. doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah, it's true. He doesn't know what's reality. Nor do we. No, no. Yeah. And uh, Rob, here's here's your chance to suss it out for us in okay. ten point two seconds. Okay. In three, two, one. A journey into the psychosis of a Wall Street CEO serial killer during the nineteen eighties. Patrick Bateman is a killer. <laughs> you know, it's. I always uh, appreciate someone who does the trailer voice for the uh, summer yeah. game. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Bonus point for that. Yes. That's, you're, that's a good point. Yeah. It happens, you know, sometimes, but not a lot. So when someone actually, you know, takes time to uh, improv a movie trailer, <laughs> I'm for it. Ah, uh, I hear you. Yeah. So how do we score here? Uh, just... Zero to two points for both yeah, Brad and myself, of course, to fine tune how you think people did. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's all fun and games until someone's feelings are hurt at the end of the show. We tally the points. We never speak. The points don't matter. (laughs) The points don't matter. Just like that defunct show. I don't think it is defunct. I think it still exists. Uh, At Midnight? 
Oh, I was thinking of... Oh, whose line is yes, it anyway? Exactly it was, was exactly where that comes yep. from. Not at midnight. Yep. Boy. God, I, I should have known that. I loved whose line is it anyway. Great show. Back when it was Colin Mockery and... <laughs> Ryan Styles. Ryan Styles oh, yeah. and Brad Stevens. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. Of course, oh, Rain, Rain Brady. Rain Brady. <laughs> Rain Brady. The, the breakout star of whose line is it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh... Whose line is it anyway? It's time for first impressions. Wow. Beautiful. Couldn't have worked out better. <laughs> Guys, the second game of the podcast. This time, zero to three points for each one of us. Uh, we're each going to supply the person sitting to our right a line from American Psycho we'd like to hear them recreate, to impersonate, to act out as okay. best they can. Okay. Uh, since Brad went first, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to give you, Rob, a line okay. that I'd like to hear you say. Okay. And, <clears throat> boy... What line did I want you to say? Ah, <laughs> uh, I remember. I want to give you a Paul Allen line. Nice. Jared Leto. Nice. Uh, it's right before the business card scene uh, commences. Okay. Uh, he's coming around. He mistakes uh, Patrick Bateman for another guy who looks similar to him. That's right. They get their hair cut in the same place. They wear the same glasses. They have the same job, but All different for companies. Glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. Justin Thoreau, I believe, asks Paul Allen if he can uh, play squash sometime, and uh, Paul Allen responds with this. I'll let Jared Leto do his work here. Listen, Paul, squash. Call me. What, Friday? No can do. I got an 830 res at Dorcia. Great. Sea urchin ceviche. I, I sea urchin ceviche sounds nice. Sounds delicious. Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. Let, let's go to Dorcia. <laughs> Can we get a reservation? You tell me, Rob. Ready? Yeah. All right, we gotta warm up. Lime oh face, yeah, lemon yeah. face, lime face, lemon face. <laughs> okay. No can do. Got an eight thirty res Dorcia. Great sea urchin ceviche. Great. Uh, that was good. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed I the inflection. Yeah. Yuppie slime <laughs> yep. dripping off of those words, man. That was great. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I feel good. Yeah. I feel good. Well, hey, man. Take over some of Jared Leto's roles. I don't care for him usually. <laughs> yeah. Just in this style, Fire Club and, and, fight, and yeah, right. uh, yeah, fight Club. Yeah. Rob, you want to give Brad a line? You'd like to hear him impersonate. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Um... Uh, I would like Brad to do the uh, line from Patrick Bateman when they're uh, talking about the business cards and they're looking at Paul Allen's card, uh, and he's describing, uh, you know, the subtle nuances of such taste in this little black and white business card. <laughs> of like amazing. four identical business exactly, cards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is right after uh, No Can Do. Exactly. Here it is. Look at that subtle off-white coloring. A tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. This one's a little more difficult than mine, I think. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yours was a little more uh, flippant. Right. Now, this is deadly serious, oh, not yeah. a business card. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Brad. Look at that subtle off-white coloring. The tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. All right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. All, right. All right. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Uh, would you like to give me a line, Brad, as we move right along here? I would. So uh, I would like to give you a line. It's the scene where Patrick Bateman is talking to the two women uh, who he is going to have an orgy with about Phil Collins and Genesis. Yes. Which is, we'll get into more momentarily here, I believe, but uh, it's the line where he uh, gives his opinion on Genesis's song, Invisible Touch. Mm. I think Invisible Touch is the group's undisputed masterpiece. It's an epic meditation on intangibility. I agree. I love Invisible Touch. It's a fabulous yeah. song. Yeah. It is probably Genesis' masterpiece. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah, because I can't dance as Phil Collins solo, right? Or is that, no, oh, that's, that's Genesis. That's oh, Genesis see? coming back. Well, now that's my favorite. Okay. I can't dance. I can't dance. Oh, God, I will never get over that song. It's a great song. The Invisible yeah. Touch is number the two. The video is great for it, too. I can't yeah. dance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay. <clears throat> I think Invisible Touch is the group's undisputed masterpiece. It's an epic meditation on intangibility. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you really added some yuppie in there. I tried to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could feel the yuppiness. God, I want to call things an epic masterpiece on, or an epic uh, meditation on intangibility. Yeah. <laughs> Invisible touch. It's perfect. It's so such a good fucking line. Funny. Oh, damn it. All right, guys. We can put the scorecards to the side. We're done judging each other for the moment. Okay. It's time to get into the open forum discussion we like to call scene work. Of course, we're an optimistic podcast. If that's not readily apparent, we like to start things off optimistically. Do-do-do-do! Best scene. What's the best scene in American Psycho? <laughs> I mean, for me... So, okay. So for me, the, my favorite scene is the Phil Collins scene when he's just going through all of their discography yeah. and comparing it to Phil Collins' uh, uh, his solo work. Yeah. And he's, like, naming... All the songs he talks about into deep. He talks about land of confusion, which is my probably my actually my favorite Genesis song. Mm. Uh, Invisible touch, like just going through their all their hit songs, and while into deep's playing in the background, which is <laughs> such a funny song to be playing during this scene. Mm -hmm. Like you could almost see playing land of confusion instead. It would yeah. almost be more fitting in a way. But I love the choice of into deep because it's so kind of it's a cheesy love song. And into deep, I mean, with what his mind's doing at this point. Sure. Makes, He's into deep. It does deep. actually yeah. make sense. <laughs> and what's about to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's... But I, I, my parent, I guess my mom more, was a huge Phil Collins fan. So growing up, I listened to a lot of Phil Collins. You have two ears and a heart, don't you? One of the best <laughs> television, one of the best comedy lines, one of my favorite comedy lines yeah. ever from 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Yeah. yeah. Because it's Tracy Morgan asking Alec Baldwin, and he's like, Jackie D, I'll make you a mixtape. Do you like Phil Collins? And I have two ears and a heart, don't I? Yep. <laughs> and it is. That is great. It's one of my all-time favorite comedy lines. During, um, during a bad breakup, I listen to Face Value uh, front to back several times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very I can nice. see that. Yeah. Uh, so while there's probably another scene or two in this movie that is maybe arguably better that is definitely my favorite scene just because of all the phil collins talk okay all right rob what do you think the best scene is now we have a lot to talk about but right now yeah. there's like one singular best scene what, what are you picking um the one that sticks with me is uh is the business card scene of course yes i, I it's i love it. it it's you have all those uh those interesting characters in the room and just um like what I was saying before, it's a journey into the psychosis of this killer and what's really important to him. And it breaks it down with just these business cards. I mean, you know, for, you know, regular guys like me, it's like, yeah, that's a white business card with black lettering, or maybe there's some different font or something for these guys. It's break, broken down to like the crazy subtle nuances and just the jealousy over each other and just the expectations of, of one another. It's, Oh, I, it's fantastic. It it just is just so many different nuances going on in there, and just uh, again, it's wonderfully acted. Jared Leto, Justin Theroux, um, of course, Christian Bale. It's uh, it's my favorite scene. Yeah, I mean, it's a microcosm for the whole movie of this exactly. like being so surface yep. and loving these material things so much that you lose yourself. Yep. And he needs to find something more base to connect to, which right. is, in his case, bloodlust. Like the only thing, <laughs> and the only thing that matters is what other people think, yeah. uh, of you. Uh, like as these characters, yep. you know, like that's what's so important. You never see them actually doing any work. Yeah, it's all drinks. Yeah, uh, you know, he wants to do drinks at one thirty. Right? Yeah, yeah, like bullshitting at meetings yeah. that they're not even doing work Talking at about squash or whatever. Yeah, right? <laughs> you have no idea what these people actually do. Uh, so for me, I, I thought that was uh, fantastic. Yeah, uh, and I'll bring this right back around to what we teased earlier. Uh, once Lewis gets the better business card, mm -hmm. and then Bale snaps, and he goes into the bathroom to kill Lewis. Yeah. But Lewis thinks he's coming on to him. Right. Has been harboring a secret crush the whole time, and then Bale er, Bateman is like turned off from the violence by that. Like this, yeah. he has like a homophobic crisis. Right. Uh, which he, I think is very interesting. Even compute like he's just yeah shuts down and so how do you read that though i mean because obviously two of these scenes like he has the 
threesome twice, uh, both with the same prostitute, but different girls uh, pairing with her. And the one time, he hurts them, but he doesn't kill them mm -hmm. with the Phil Collins stuff. Right. Because you see the one girl leave, and she has, like, a scratch on her shoulder. Yeah, and the other woman has, like, bloody nose. And then when she says, when he picks her up the second time, she's like, I had to go get surgery after last time. Right. Um, and then the second time is the chainsaw scene. Yeah. Um, that first time, he lets them go. He's at the door. Yeah. With money, paying both of them. Yeah. And lets them go. I mean, so do you think that's just, like... Uh, so the homophobic crisis that he has and then doesn't kill Lewis if he kills anyone at all in this, which he, I think it's clear he doesn't, right? Yeah. He doesn't actually kill anyone. That's all in his mind. Right. Right? There's no crimes being committed. That's, Correct? That's, we... that's what I've taken away with it. And, and I've gone over so many different things in my head, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess the the whole pull out, when he's talking to the guy at that restaurant and he says like, his lawyer yeah his lawyer yeah he gives a confession to this right amazing speech which <laughs> well, is also the lawyer's like that was hilarious point. yeah you were, you were hysterical and he's like no crazy. paul allen actually went to london i had drinks with him there three days ago yeah um yeah and then she finds the book his ledger or his you know schedule right. book and it's just doodles of horrible things happening to women and when he goes to the apartment later and they're showing the place right and he looks in the closet and there's no... Nothing there. Like, yeah. he thought those bodies would still be there and they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I... Yeah, I and mean, I first feel... the landlord or neighbors, like, what are you doing here? Well, and especially that whole last... The last... Not the last bit, but the whole part two where he's like, shoots the woman at the ATM. It's a, the ATM tells him to feed the cat into the ATM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clearly he's off his rails. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. he's like just shooting security guards. Like, I... As he's running through the building. Yeah. yeah. Like that... Blowing up a cop car. That, and yeah. he even seems shocked. Like, that, uh, yeah, at that point, I feel like that's when you're kind of shown that this isn't happening. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's so over the top that it can't be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the shooting the cop car thing's a good point, too, because it literally, like, explodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, and all he did was, like, shoot a couple bullets at it. Like, yeah, it makes exactly. no sense whatsoever. And the yeah. movie you're watching is not a Michael Bay movie or, or something like that where that yeah. happens in those kind of movies. It's a very different movie, so. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's pretty, like jarringly different right. that you're like, oh no, he's going off yeah. the deep end now if he wasn't already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that brings up, uh, guys, I have a third best scene that's different from both of yours while I'm oh, rather okay. great. Uh, and it's not his confession to the lawyer either, which I really regret because I love that confession. It's so oh. dude. I'm actually, uh, well, maybe that's my podcast regret. Sounds we like it. We didn't do a first impression of the confession. Um, but my favorite scene, my best scene is the hip to be square, uh, Jared Leto, Paul oh, yeah. Allen axe murdering. It's so much fun. Well, with how drunk Paul Allen is and the glee that, uh, uh, Bateman has, like, moon walking into the room, putting on yeah. the raincoat, and is he's like... A, is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it is, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you have <laughs> copies of the Styles section all over the floor? Yeah. Like chow or something? <laughs> Yeah, but like the sheer madness and delight in the madness over this celebration of like complete bubblegum rock of yeah. hip to be square is just so great. And again, like this beautiful microcosm of what the movie is saying, like the yeah. hip to be square while he's like about to take an axe to this dude's head. Like yeah. it's just awesome. And you notice like the axe is like immaculate. Yeah. It's like that stainless steel head of the axe instead of your old like, you know. Uh, red, yeah. painted, whatever. Like, right. It's all just so... Slasher film axe. Perfect, and you know it's the most expensive axe they had at the store, too. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, and you get that great shot, too, when he takes off the rain jacket. So oh, he's, like, in this pristine suit still, and just his face is covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man, that is a fucking great shot. The yeah. euphoria, like, on his face, too, of just uh, what he's experiencing. And, like, again, Bale killed it, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pun I mean, intended. Pun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we... Obviously, the guy's a fantastic actor and this was kind of our first glimpse into that yeah like, exactly oh you're gonna do. be fucking terrific yeah. yeah all right guys well if there's a best scene that means do to do worst scene there's got to be one what is it anything that bothered me about this movie anything you didn't feel fit i mean i have one but i i don't necessarily agree with it because it's all in his head but i will say when he has chloe svenye over mm -hmm. Uh, when he's taking, what's her name, Annie, out on a date, but he's like, meet at my place for drinks first. Right. And she's, um, 
He's talking. Oh, Jean. That's her name. Jean. He's talking to Jean. Um, and he goes through so many different things to kill her while she's like kind of just talking and he's talking to her. Mm-hmm. It almost feels overwrought to me because he like there's the head in the refrigerator and okay. then he goes for one knife and then he doesn't. And then he goes for another knife and then he doesn't. And then he goes and you see the duct tape and then it doesn't. And, oh, but that's a great line too. And the nail gun. And then the nail gun, gun he's finally. Standing, literally standing behind her and yeah. Why doesn't he do it again? What, what, is well, it because sense? Reese Witherspoon calls. Oh, and that stops it. message. Yeah. So okay. I think maybe that bursts his fantasy. Mm. That, like, dose of reality, maybe. Okay. Um, because I think Gene uh, is just kind of droning on there, and he's like, oh, sure. And this is like, he's just imagining going through everything, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and that's kind of one of the first times, too, he has an actual... Which I actually like that scene because of the conversation he has after he decides not to kill her. Like you should go. I'm afraid I'm gonna hurt you. Yeah. And you and it's like kind of brilliantly done because it's all the things a guy would say to a girl who he's like breaking up with. Right. Or telling her like this can't work. Or just and, the, the, but, the guilt of the phone call. Or, yeah, yeah. But then you also have like the double the second layer of the fact that he's talking about murdering her, mm-hmm. and it goes perfectly like well with just the guy who's letting the girl down. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about the rest of it. Just being a little... how many? T- they don't need to go through four things for me to understand that he's going to kill her. Like, uh, but I mean, in retrospect, I'm like, oh no, he's it's all a fantasy, so it kind of does work. But I don't know. That's the like re- really the only thing I could find that I was like, it's tough. I'm thinking uh, right now. Like, I, I, I mean, we discussed here. it a little bit earlier. I mean, my initial one of my initial thoughts was that we don't get the closure to like the Defoe yeah. cop, which when you think about the movie as a whole, is less important because that's also probably in his head? Is that what we're supposed to think? I, I think know. so. They because do. if there's no crimes, there's no cop. Right. So I think the Kimball stuff, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe filling in for the Arnold Schwarzenegger role in Kindergarten Cop. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the Officer Kimball, yeah. uh, I, I think is all in his head. Even though Chloe Sevigny leads... Well, there's in. little allowances like that all through the movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would be maybe my worst scene is, I like the ambiguous ending. I, I'm kind of good with that, even though it's less and less ambiguous the more I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I would have liked something more done with the Defoe, Defoe character, or a little more of a closure, or... Yeah. Yeah, it's William Defoe, too, you know? It's an interesting character in the dynamic of them, too. I wanted I wanted something else. I wanted... yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I wanted some closure. Yeah, I, it, and believe me, I'm nitpicking at this point because I really had a hard time coming up with the worst scene for this movie. First, I was like, oh, the voiceover, but then the voiceover, because I always have a problem with voiceover, but <laughs> it actually really works in this movie, so I kind of couldn't go with that. So. Okay. All right. All right, Robert McKee. <laughs> yeah. He hates voiceover. That's like the thing in story. Like, yeah. Oh, Don't yeah. use voiceover. It's a like, crutch. It's a yeah. cop-out. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I, writer. I typically agree. When it's used well, it's usually terrific. Right. But people do use it as a crutch. Yeah. The whole thing in adaptation about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with this, though, it, you know, because it is in his head. Yeah, exactly. It you fits. have to need, you need that narrator to kind of lead you down paths that aren't real so that yeah. you can believe. Especially when he goes into things about it, like when he's talking about how he's, it's all phony. Like yeah. he, on the, inside his mind, he is not a human being, basically. Yeah. But he has to put on this human being facade. Uh, one of the first lines I wrote down is um, when he's doing his morning routine and going through everything and he says like, uh, you, though you may sense that our lives are comparable, I am simply not there. Yeah. Right. As he peels the mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's, it's great. beautiful. It's, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking beautiful. All right, guys. Oh, man. Oh, Rob, we're yeah, seen. Do you have I, anything? I don't... I do... Honestly, I would just be pulling something out of my butt here, because I, I I completely agree with Brad. Uh, rewatching it, like, last night, that was, that was my thing, was... I want more Defoe. Yeah. I wanted something else. I just wanted a little something. Yeah, or it just seems to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just... Oh, you know... Seems more significant, or... Than, or, or it seems like it should be more significant. I don't know. Mm. I guess I guess the one thing, and this is maybe just because of I love animals so much, but I just I hate when he kills the dog. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like, but fucking I, stomps its head. Oh yeah, too. that is that is tough to watch. I kind of forgot about Brutal. that. I mean, I I get it with what you know. He's a serial killer. Or yeah. He just he has his bloodlust and he just has to get it out, get it in sometimes. But I always just 
I hate that sound. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. That was unnecessary, right. but... I mean, I get why the character would do it, right? But yeah, uh, it certainly cringed. I believe he leaves the dog alive in the book, but really, with broken legs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he breaks the dog's legs in front of the dude before he like kills the dude. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe Not that's what it is. Yeah. Much better. I read a list of uh, the differences between the book and the, uh, mm, and the right. movie, and yeah. I, I believe that's. The I one. think you're. I think I read the same thing. I think yeah, you're right. right. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> on that note, hey. <laughs> It's time for Milkin' It, the last game, the final game of the High On Film Podcast. Zero to five points this time, so easily the most heavily weighted game of the show. Still, anyone's to win, anyone's to lose. Reaching a draw card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to look at American Psycho. To reuse, reduce, recycle any of the themes, characters, uh, storylines, whatever you'd like uh, to salvage from the film and create a brand new movie. We'll need a title. And a quick summary from each one of us uh, to put back out there for the studio system to make a billion more dollars off of. Okay. All right. So we'll break out the old Hollywood relic here, the big box. And Rob, it is now your turn to go first. Oh my so if you don't mind, draw a card and okay. read it aloud. Detective Mystery. Ooh. Okay. Pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Lends itself to this. Maybe you can give yourself your own Kimball closure. That's what I'm. I, obviously, yeah. that's where I'm going. Brad Davis is doing a fairy tale movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. A fairy tale. Boy. Like 80s Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll draw a card that says sequel. Terrific. This one's not going to star Mila Kunis. <laughs> I was going to say, you did a sequel, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that, though. I, did, I don't think anybody saw it. She is. She's the American Psycho she's in the Oh, yeah. Sorry, God. I was actually... I may well, watch it. Now. I resorted back to I Wall Street. I was thinking Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. Oh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And oh, Carrie yeah. Mulligan. Like, oh, Carrie Mulligan. Oh, poor Carrie Mulligan. What is she doing in that? Mm. Hanging out with Michael Douglas. Yeah. I guess so. Money never sleeps. Money never sleeps. And neither do we. But we're going to take a quick break. We rest for minutes at a time. We'll be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back. Right in the middle of milking it, high on film, talking American Psycho. Rob, mm -hmm. my Canadian friend. Yes, sir. Would you like to go first? Well, you don't have a choice. I don't know why I'm asking <laughs> if you'd like to. You're going to go first with your detective mystery version. Yes. Of American Psycho. What do you got for us? Wall Street's Closet. Ooh. Dick Kimball, that's William Defoe's character. Dick Kimball has a tough job. Young, rich CEOs are going missing all over Wall Street. Dick is tasked with finding out who is killing these men. Wall Street doesn't like being embarrassed or scandal, so no one is cooperating, even while their own peril is at risk. Wall Street is running out of closets, as Kimball is on the case. Nice! All Wall right. Street's closet. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. Skeletons I dig it. in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Right. All the suits. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes being embarrassed. You know, companies, shareholders do not want yeah. these kinds of things of getting out, you know. I like it. It takes a super cop. Yeah. To get to the bottom of this. I like the, like, hunting a Wall Street serial killer, too. Yeah. Also that's, very prescient. That's, a, that was a good twist on that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, that was <laughs> exactly. well done. Yeah. Yes. Brad Davis, yes. you've got the task of a fairy tale movie ahead of you. I, that's quite a task. It is. Uh, all right. Let's see how you how you come out. Well, we have Patrick, who is who works his job, but is kind of complacent at it. He's not as intense about it. He's just very, kind of very happy mm -hmm. doing what he does every day and doesn't really think about trying to uh, move up in the company until he uh, interview. He needs a new assistant. And he interviews. Gene, that's Chloe Sevigny's name. Gene. Gene, yes. yes. Interviews Gene and kind of becomes reinvigorated in his work for the first time, kind of by her uh, telling, talking to him and telling, like there's kind of a slowly falling in love with each other, but also her telling him that he could do more, that he's 
like uh, destined for greatness and kind of building up his ego and telling him that he should be trying to work his way up through the company more. Um, and uh, so she convinced him that everyone else above him is evil and that like he needs to conquer them and conquer this company and take it over. So they kind of fall in love and at some point then all of the higher ups take her from him to be their assistant but mm -hmm. all of everyone's assistant up there so she's one assistant for like five of the most powerful men on wall street so that's like her form of uh kind of like cinderella like i'm a servitude gotcha um this really because that would be a lot of work for one fucking person yes. on wall street right uh so then it's patrick's job to kind of go to her rescue and kind of kill everybody on the way up to <laughs> save her almost like a journey in a way but when he gets to the end and actually saves her then there's kind of this question of were they all evil or was she evil and now he's done this for her did he even do this so it's kind of like it's very it ends with kind of the same ambiguous ending did he do this? And if he did do it, did he do it for the right reasons? Mm. Did he do it for her? Or was... Did he just kill a bunch of innocent people if he killed anybody? Dark fairy tale. Yeah, Dark, well, fairy hey, tale. most fairy tales yeah, are. That's true. They cut off their uh, heels of the stepsisters in the real Cinderella. That's true, yeah. In real life Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real life Cinderella. Yeah, yeah, when it actually happened. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Not the Disney-fied. No, 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 no. I remember it from the street class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my movie's called... American Dream. Oh, I like that title. Okay. I really like that title. Mm. Good job, Brad. Nice. Thank you. All right, you guys ready for the sequel that I, we never got? I'm very interested in this. All right. So, uh, it obviously set today. And I'm using a lot of, like, real-life stuff here. So our main character, our, our, our Patrick Bateman, not Patrick Bateman, it's going to be maybe one of the kids he fathered while having unprotected sex somewhere along the way. Love it. Um, doesn't necessarily need that connection but it can okay um is now a like logan paul type youtube celebrity Ooh. who is trying to stay ahead of the game like just broadcasting all this crazy shit um increasingly more sexual and increasingly more violent so he's also watching youtube a lot watching instagram stories snapchat all these things like all the time trying to predict the next trend for his own uh channel on youtube um and meanwhile uh you know Kind of with his mission of he wants to desensitize the public, but in all truth, while he's trying to do that, he's mostly desensitizing himself. So we the movie kind of moves along, and he starts seeing more and more sex and violence everywhere he goes. So it like kind of gradually this this like um, mental breakdown bleeds into his real life slowly, mm -hmm. so that by the end of the film, all he's seeing is just like people fucking or killing each other, right. and he can't take it anymore. <laughs> um, so then he it leads to him to uh, broadcast one last video of him killing himself on uh, uh, his YouTube channel. Okay, wow. And like as the gun goes off, the screen cuts to black or something, and then maybe like a little title card. It's like this video is edited for content or something. Mm, right, right, right. Nice touch. Yeah, yeah it yeah. seems like this is all very real and yeah. like happening now. For sure. But like as we go through like his regular day, probably in LA, like going to the YouTube space and studio and stuff, there's more and more like little things. Like it starts off with like, you know, maybe they're like out of the corner of his eye, he thought he saw a guy kill a homeless person one night. Right. But then he, like, looks back and there's no one there. And he's like, okay, whatever. But then the next day, like, three things happen. Like, he watches, like, a car smash into another car and someone fly out the windshield. Yeah. And then, like, you know, uh, and all these like, acts keep happening around him. And, like, he's on the bus and then there's, like, two people just, like, having, like, hardcore sex. And it's like, <laughs> what? But it's all in his head. Right. Until that's all he can see anymore. Hmm. And then I have a title that's really going to deflate the balloon. Okay. <laughs> Great. Way to burn <clears throat> American Psycho 2, <laughs> Likes and Violence. Likes, likes and violence. violence. Instead of sex and violence, uh, and violence, yeah. I don't know. Give okay. it a, a Facebook thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. A little heart fave. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. All right. Uh, yeah, so like American Psycho meets Videodrome meets Christine. Yeah. Yeah. It's very now. It's today. It's what's happening. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Come into the boardroom with me let's, while I pitch this. Let's relight this fucker. <laughs> let's do, do it. Let's yeah. do it. I mean, I, I admittedly don't love the title, but man, I love that idea. That's a great... Thank you, sir. That's a very updated version of what American Psycho probably would be in today's environment. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty terrific. 
Well guys, once you're done scoring, pass your scorecards to the front of the class, and as we tally up the scores, we unfortunately get to the pessimistic end of our show, known as Podcast Regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the uh, duration of this uh, this year podcast? Well, it's not necessar necessarily something that I said, but I think maybe I was a little too hard on you guys on that scorecard there. Oh, no, no, don't worry. <laughs> we never care. Yeah. Seriously. Get out. <laughs> I mean, mine obviously is the confession speech, so we didn't even get to. Right. Yes. Uh, I mean, Jesus, the two lines I wrote down that I just love from it is, uh, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy, and um, and I'm not sure I'm going to get away with it this time. Like, he's like, I, may, I murdered 10, maybe 20, 40 people. Yeah, he's like, and I'm not sure I'm going to get away with it this time. This I'm like, time. just love that. Yes. That, that, that offhanded, like, oh, I of course this... Rich white man has been able to get rid of or get away with this, yeah. and now he's finally scared. I regret not bringing up the line which comes up a few times in the movie. I've got to go return some videotapes. Absolutely, yes. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah, I guess my regret would be. Uh, boy, uh, you know what? Actually, I regret not giving a little kudos to the opening credits. Of the movie, uh, the yeah, yeah, it's and actually that, very. I don't know if you've ever watched Dexter, mm -hmm. but the opening credits for it's very reminiscent of the opening credits of Dexter. Yes, and it very much stood out to me, kind of like this, like you're drizzling, like I don't know, jam or whatever it is on the plate, and it looks like blood, but yeah. it's actually a food thing. And very Dexter's opening credits are like him cutting, uh, cutting a piece of ham on the grill that looks mm. kind of like a heart, and him. Putting something, I can't even remember, putting something over his face, oh, the shirt over his face, it almost makes it look like his face gets stuck in the shirt for a second, it almost looks like he's suffocating. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All these yeah, things. I know that image, yeah, 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 and it's, the opening credits yeah. for Dexter are brilliant, and these very much remind me of yeah. yeah, the music, everything, and just, and it's just the great lead-in, you know, to their world all of a sudden, too, with the plates, follow the plates, and boom, and they're sitting around. You know, for their whatever Wednesday lunch, you know, midweek yeah, lunch, yeah. It's you just cost see the waiters telling like them specials, bucks. yeah, yeah, with a rugel of French, uh, with a rugel of salad and uh, something French fries. Yeah, 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 I'll tell you, all the food sounded delicious. Yeah, I was very hungry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I should also say, uh, appropriately enough, in a movie called American Psycho, it mentions both Donald Trump and Bill Cosby. <laughs> Which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, Cliff Huxley, yeah. he says he's got to meet Cliff Huxley Cliff at one point. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And then later, drugs women's drinks. Yes. Yep. Yes. And then at one point, he's like, wine? is that Donald Trump's car? It's a car? very nice Chardonnay you're not drinking. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Fucking crazy. Really. It is so smart. This script, and I guess probably from the novel, uh, is, is really, really smart and uh, on top of it. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, I have the points tallied. If you're ready. So ready. Brad. Yes. Third place, my friend. I kind of knew it. 15.5. Oh, five I, points. I sensed it. So oh. it's your feelings that are hurt. I'm so sorry. Boy, I don't know if I'll recover, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to with this beverage. There you go. I was a solid second place with 16 points flat, which makes Rob Scattergood our winner. 17.2 points. Really? Yes. Yes, oh sir. Oh, my God. Yeah, what? Uh, Two point eight points shy of a perfect score. So. Beginner's luck. Wow. And and thank you. I, I know you guys have to treat the guests a little bit with you know. We grant so our guest you. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> People keep saying that, but it is not true. Nope. I hate all of we our guests. Yeah, I including you. Rob. Every single person has been on this show. Thank you, Brad. Yep. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> now that we're late in the run of high on film, I think yeah. it's time to expose the fact that Brad and I hate every single person who's ever guested on this yep. podcast. We're just going to start giving away secrets as we get towards the end, and we're, that's numero uno. We are true American psychos. Yes. Yeah. I can't we're believe total pieces of shit. I can't believe nobody, <laughs> nobody's ever done that. American Psycho before on the show. 235 episodes, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of movies out there's there. There's a lot of movies. Yeah. I mean, we did Jaws. Why We've done Star so Wars. Because they're big movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. We haven't done Godfather. We haven't done oh, Godfather. Wow. Yeah. I always want to do Godfather. That's a long watch. It is. It is. But it it's is. fucking perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got someone talking about potentially doing fucking Hamlet, which is like a four-hour four movie. Four-plus hour movie. I don't know if that's actually going to come to fruition or not, but we'll see. Boy, Mel Gibson? Could be interesting. No, no. no, no, no the Kenneth Branagh one. Yeah. Ah. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Holy fuck. I think you're either going to see Hamlet or another stakeout in which the next couple of weeks. <laughs> which is my 
<laughs> we don't, I don't like to tease things that necessarily aren't going to happen. But. You can't go wrong with Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Dreyfus. Yeah. It's very true. Rob. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the uh, show today, man. My it, pleasure. An absolute pleasure to have you. I, thank you, man. Obviously, uh, just getting to revisit this movie, too, and then getting to talk about it with you guys who know and appreciate films. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you, guys. Yeah, hey, a pleasure. Thanks for bringing it back. Uh, any internet presence you'd like to plug or anything you got coming out? Uh, a short film I, uh, I did. God, I filmed it like years ago. It's finally, um, there's a picture lock on it, and they're just finishing some film. A uh, short film called Death Date, uh, uh-huh. starring me. Um, it's, uh, uh, kind of a similar thing to like American Psycho. Like it's the stuff that's going on in my head that nobody else can see, but it is actually this, uh, we don't know, maybe it's an extraterrestrial presence or something and it's making me, um, kill people in order to save myself and maybe bring back my girlfriend from the dead, this kind of thing. Cool. So it's a very cerebral, uh, kind of thing with blood and people getting killed and that kind of thing uh another short film uh but a lot of fun and uh, obviously i'll let you guys know when it's finally finished and we can watch it because i want to see it too Uh, absolutely yeah i'd love to sounds awesome death date death date yeah date tba Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly (laughs) brad davis thank you as always my friend thank you very much uh yeah at bd always gp on twitter and instagram and i think that's about it there it is Y'all know me, still same, Cross Maxwell, across your social media platforms, that's Chris, with an O in place of the I. At High on Film is the show across those same social media platforms, and most places you'd like to listen to your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, most importantly, where you can rate and review the show to help with our exposure, because Lord knows you want to give this one four stars, or five stars, or whatever the top score is. Is there a six? A bajillion. A six stars, yeah. write that, put whatever the maximum stars is, and then write... If actually I, yeah, six stars could, in would. the comments right petition itunes to get a six star rating <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening we will be back next week uh with a new guest and a new movie and uh what god only two three weeks till we're barreling into oscars Ugh. we got valentine's day coming up oh my god my god oh is that the next episode valentine's day yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, I think we got something very special planned. Yes. A very non-romantic movie. Yes. About love. Perfect for Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will see you next week, guys. Rob, Brad, thank you again. Thank you. A pleasure. Listeners, we love you. Goodbye. <laughs>